Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Arab Shabbat. It's actually late in the day. <laughs> I could use a rest today from this, but I'm trying to keep up my schedule. You see, uh, half the day was gone because I went to a graduation. My son Shmuel Zari mm-hmm. graduated with an MSW mm-hmm. in social work today from the uh, University of Maryland. So, whew, that took up a lot of the time that I otherwise would have put for other things. Anyway, without any excuses, here we go. What are you looking at? Parshish Emor? We got like Boomer coming up. My goodness, you got a whole big gazak over here. Uh, mm-hmm. hmm. Let's put it this way. The famous Rashi, I think it's a Medrash, Toad's Corner, whatever. Emma Vamarta, you know, Lahazra Gadol Malakhtanim. Always liked that part. It was very rabbinical. Lahazra Gadol Malakhtanim, which, of course, literally means to warn the adults to properly instruct the junior priests. You know, if you're a coin, I'm a coin. If you're a coin, a lot of rules and regulations. You Israelim out there don't have to worry about this. Take, for example, nowadays, you don't have to worry about walking to a hospital or something like that, you know, if there's a mace. And, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about if you're driving down the street like Old Court Road. Maybe the branches uh, come over from a cemetery or something like that. But a coin has to know that. And in addition to that, um, there are many marriage restrictions on a coin. The adult Kohanim have to instruct the young to say, look here, uh, you can't marry Grusha. She might be a nice woman. I'm sure she is. Uh, you know, you can't. All all those rules and regulations. Cohen can't marry Gioras, for example. Who uh, could be a Gerd Sede, could be a, a, a fantastic person. So, uh, it's the job of the elders to communicate this. Uh, although the word is Lahazir, that's what I always focus on. Lahazir is to warn, right? To be perfectly honest, and uh, this is my point today, Hebrew is a funny language, and the words are incredibly supple, and they can mean a lot of different things. I think everybody, many intelligent people are aware of that. Hebrew language has unusual suppleness and uh, can be bent and twisted, and therefore has many uh, alternative uh, readings. This is true to some degree in every language, but we particularly notice in Hebrew, especially in the text of the Chumash, the Tanakh. And Lahazir can mean worn. So, Lahazir Gedolim Maktam, to warn the Gedolim, the adults, Alakhtanim, concerning the young, Alakhtanim, concerning the young, that they should keep all the rules and regulations of the kahuna. Especially in the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, in addition to the death things, and there you have Trumas, you have Tumas, right and left, up, up and down, all over the place. You know, there's this Ava Tuma and that Ava Tuma. I'll just give you one example. A Sheretz, you know, a dead mouse or something like that. You know, uh, a dead body, of course. I didn't know too. Oh, Tumas Nevela. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of Rules and regulations that once upon a time were kept by Kohanim, or were supposed to anyway. And uh, it's not easy being a Kohen. Yeah, you have to sort of brainwash the kid from the young age. Much more so than even than nowadays. So, Lahazir Gdolma Khanim. But on the other hand, Lahazir means many things. And Al means, Al means many things in Hebrew. For example, to use contemporary language, Lahazir Gdolma Khanim. You got to warn. <laughs> You gotta warn. You have to warn the adults 
Alatanim concerning the kids, meaning you got to make sure that no molesters running around. Lahazer Gedolim Alakatanim. We don't do so well in our society in that. We're better now than we used to because we're more aware of it. But Lahazer Gedolim, you have to warn the Gedolim, the weird ones, Alakatanim, stay away from the kids. Uh, that's, uh, you know, a very, boy, you could do a real rabbinical sermon with that one. Unfortunately, I say that, you know, when I was young, nobody thought in those terms, but we do now. If you have a half a brain, you think like that now. Here's another one. Lahazir Lahazir can mean to make shine from the word Zohar. Lahazir. And Lahazir Gdolmachtanim is the, the, the task of the adults to make the Gedolim, the great ones of the past, shine alatanim over in the eyes of the young. In other words, if we don't do a good job of presenting our past, our history, if you wish, properly to the young, they're going to lose them. Uh, listen, uh, very few people know anything about Jewish history. That's why I have a shtickle job. Uh, it shouldn't be that way. Uh, there's something wrong with that. And in previous generations, not that long ago, when the younger generation, I'm talking about the non from, you know, didn't lost all all connection with the Jewish past. They talk it dropped out. They intermarried. They they tuned out. You know, uh, why should somebody just because they're Jewish by birth, by DNA, have to be forced to live their lives? You know, with this restriction and that one, they can't marry this one. Can't eat this and can't 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 can't. They don't want to. And so all over the world, we've seen unfortunately last one hundred years, two hundred years, so many young Jews just fall away because the past wasn't presented to them. Zohar. It's something glorious to say, you know, you come from a Yerusha, you come from a Mesorah, you come from parents, grandparents, great-grandparents all the way back. Don't be the one to break the chain. Your uh, ancestors were great people. Look at the sacrifices they made. You know, all that sort of thing. People need to feel something about that. And uh, if you don't, then if you don't do a good job of making the past shine for the Ketanim, then it's, it's a problem. Now, we in the firm world maybe go overboard did the hagiography you know everybody in the past is totally perfect nobody ever made a mistake and never that leaves a field called Jewish history which everybody wants what's the Lashon Hara oh my cats what can you tell them about the Lashon Hara about this one and that one uh, there is Lashon Hara out there but that ain't what they mean by and the nature of human beings especially small fools is to zero in on the faults of great people of the past hear what I just said there are great people in the past who might have a fault here and might have a fault there. That is possible. It does happen. But that doesn't take away from the overall picture. But if you're a little schnook, you have a schnooky type of mind, then you'll say, oh, don't tell me this person was great in this. I happen to know that on this occasion he or she did this, or on that occasion they failed to do this, and then that, you know, messes up the whole picture. So you don't have what we call a proper sense of balance and perspective. means to present the Gedolim, the great ones of the past, but in a, with a proper perspective. Not telling lies, and, you know, not necessarily hagiographically. Sometimes, yes, sometimes, depending on the audience you're talking to. Um, but uh, to do it in a successful way, otherwise there won't be a, there won't be a Russia. you know, there, there won't be a continuation of generation after generation. A lot of Judaism is based, whether you believe it or not, on certain veneration of the past, more than philosophical speculation. Ain't too many people I've met out there that are Maimonidean or Kabbalistic and they start to think, you know, what does God mean and who am I dominating to when I talk to the Yerusha? Usually, certainly in the first stages, many years in life, it's based on who is your Zadie, who is your Bubby, who, you know, where your family come from, what they do, and, and that's what, which is fine. 
which is fine. I mean, the Chumash, they talk like that. That's like talking, you know, almost Hasidic. Oh, your elders, they do with Avram Avinu, you know, that kind of thing. You don't find God talking at the Chumash too much in my Maladim philosophical terms. I am the, the supreme being of all supreme beings beyond which all cognition. You know, we, the Torah's not written in that kind of way. I think you're aware of that. So that's another interpretation of Hazir Gedolim Al-Katanim. Uh, it also means Hazir Gedolim al which means you have to make adults uh, shine uh, for the kids. That means you and me, uh, not just the great people of the past. We're Gedolim, meaning we're adults. See, God can be a great person, God can be an adult. Uh, it is in, in, incumbent upon every one of us to uh, act in a shining way to the best we can all katanim, if we want to have any control in the katanim, because, you know, you can fool anybody, but you can't fool your kids, right? I mean, you know, the whole world doesn't know what you're doing, but your own family knows what you're doing. And if you don't act in the right way over there, if you don't act in a worthy way over there, if you act in an unworthy way over there, the kids know it, you know, and then the katanim grow up and they say, well, you know, my father was full of it also, and he did this and that and the other. So it's just a very interesting pregnant pusuk when you have lahazir agadol malakatanim. Here's another. Here's another one, more like a Hasidic interpretation. to warn the adults over little things in life. It doesn't necessarily mean ketanim means children. Ketanim can mean little things in life. In other words, uh, you're only concentrating on the big things. A lot of times, especially your kids, your family, you notice how you act on the little ones. So a person talks of a good game, and maybe they go to shul and they dive and they shuck all the rest of it. But the little things are here: a little cheating here, a little lashahar there, a little this, that, and the other. And uh, you know, next thing you know. They're not gedolim anymore. They're taken down. So the hazir gedolim You have to warn the adults or the big people on the little things in life because the little things in life are actually what life is mostly made up of. My life is not usually made up of dramatic occasions. Here's another one: hazir gedolim Um That the big people, the great people, should be nice to the little ones to show courtesy to them. Hazir gedolim to warn the gedolim to be mazir, to be shining in their in their example. A lot of big and very smart people, in my experience, go around and very contemptuous about everybody else around them. Nobody likes a big turnoff for that reason. It's a big egghead, maybe even a big town but you know nobody likes to be around them. Uh, <laughs> I remember a story. Where did I read this? By Rabbi Salvechik from YU. Rabbi Salvechik. I forget where, but the guy did it with Schiff, you know, uh, from Morrison and Schiff. From the uh, used to be the uh, salami, you know, the delicatessen, and apparently Rabbi Salvechik. I'm going back decades, fifty years ago. Rabbi Salvechik must have given them the hechsher. You understand? Those days were like that. And so the guy said, I think after he died, he said, he said "I'm telling the story basically as I recall it. That um, once a month or once a week, once must have been once a month, his parents." Schiff and Schiff, you know, who were just regular Boston Jews, you know, nothing, no, not learning, uh, would drive Rabbi Salvechik up from Boston to New Hampshire, where apparently they had the plant, you know, where, where they made the food. He would check it over as part of the, his hashkacha. And so, here's two regular guys, the opposite of Tamil Chacham, quite unlearned, and they're driving two, three-hour trip up and back with... The intellectual is intellectual, egghead, egghead. And so the kid's saying, I, did, I wonder what they're talking about. And then my father said, come with us in the car. And I went. And it was a Sunday morning, 
And we drove off after Shul and went to Rabbi Salvation House to pick them up. He came out and he sat in the front seat and he started talking to my father. He said, Well, well Harry, what do you think about the Red Sox and the Red Sox? What do you think about the Red Sox? Which means he knew how to get along with the regular people. You understand? You're not going to talk about a tosis with somebody like that. Ahazu Gedolim, al Katanim. The, the, the real Gedolim know how to handle the Katanim. That's a, a historical insight. We've had all kinds of great people. In our past, and we have great people today, but you can divide them up pretty much along those lines. Some of them have the gift of the common man, and some of them do not. They have this uh, scholarly distance. It's, it's an interesting sort of uh, 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 phenomenon, if you notice it. I want to, um, since this is the week before, um, what do you call it, before Logbomer, it's coming up this Thursday, I just want to share... A very quick insight of that. Maybe uh, if I have time, I'll say something about Lagbomer later in the week. But uh, I just did the Gemara over again in Shul last night. I think many people, everybody must know the story of Rashimba Yochai, although that did not happen in Lagbomer, where the three of them were sitting at the table, and then they start to unpile, and the next thing you know, he had to hide in a cave. And uh, he was in the cave for 12 years, it says. Uh, it's quite a story. Now, when you read the Gemara, it's in Shabbos on Lag, on page Lama Gimel. You know, that's how you remember Lagbomer. Uh, so, you know, every time you read the uh, Gemara, especially I got it, you see something different and, and, and you notice something different. Listen closely. The story is that he went and hid in a cave, but what are you going to do for food? So it says, a miracle happened. The Ibrule, I'm doing by heart, Hina uh, Demaya and the Charuva, the uh, stream of water and a uh, carob tree, buckshot tree. Which in Israel, I'm told, tastes good. Not like the stuff you and I eat here on Tubashvat. Now, um, that's quite a statement we just made. It was created for him. You know, the medieval philosophers, like the Rambam and the others, all go crazy trying to figure out how do you have Yeshmi'ai in miracles. And, uh, you know, they say, yes, okay, there's one Bria Yeshmi'ai way back when. But that's it. Uh, you don't get new things created out of nothing. Uh, from then on, everything is something from something. Yesh me yesh. And all the miraculous and supernatural events were created during the six days of creation, like the talking donkey Bilam and things like that. I think many of you are familiar with that. So, uh, to something be created, to, to use the Hebrew verb bore, which means to create something out of nothing, is not so common, I don't think. In fact, it better be pretty doggone rare. And it should be confined to the Mysabracious. And here to make a statement that a nace happened to him, and there was created uh, a tree and created a stream of water. I mean, why couldn't it be that God just arranged that they hid in a cave, and it so happened that the cave had vegetation in it, and enough vegetation you could eat, you know, a carrot tree or something like that. Maybe it was in, somewhere in Israel, where there's always some kind of vegetation, and it could be a, certainly a cave. They could have located a cave in which there was anadamaya, you know what I mean? It didn't need to be created out of nothing. I don't know if you ever considered that. I didn't. And as you read the story later on, once he gets out and and, and gets healed, he says, Hovis Rachish Lanisa, since a nace happened to us, so I want to do something by uh, for, for for the public, you know, Sarkit Sibur. And he gets involved in fixing the roads so that you can tell where the Kohanim can walk and can't walk because they're dead bodies or the leftovers of dead bodies there and that. I'm sure, like I say, most of the people listening to this will know the story. Or you can look it up in a second. Uh he said, Hobus Rachishlanis, since we had a nace. What nace is he referring to? Is it the nace of his salvation? That could be, no, the fact is he escaped the Romans and they never caught him. 
you can always be very frugal and say, you know, that's a nace. I mean, I get that. But the nace, nace was the creation out of nothing of a, of a, a box of tree and the creation out of nothing of an anadamai of, of, of a spring of water. Uh, that really is most unusual. And uh, I just uh, noticed it this time and I'm throwing it out of you. Maybe anybody out there who's listening to what I'm saying might be uh, inspired or moved to go look that up. I didn't look at Mepharsham or anything like that. Where do you find something that's Borei, Ibro, that's uh, created from, from nowhere? Um, if that is the case, and it just means that plain, you can start to understand why Shemba Yochai has such a big, you know, Kabbalistic reputation, you know, and the, the Zohar and all the rest of it, because ain't too many people that you find something that's, uh, you know, like a, a Mycebracious is done all over again for them. Um, now, maybe I'm not sufficiently uh, educated uh, mystic, a uh, Kabbalist, but uh, that's the way it seems to me. So I leave you with that very, what is to me a very intriguing uh, aspect of the story of the coming week of Log Bomber. We have a couple of days, we can all look it up. And uh, if anybody has a really good answer, uh, you know, a, a normal answer, not a stupid answer, uh, you can email it to me, but uh, meanwhile, I'll try to work it on my own. Anyway, have a good Shabbos. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.